the Holy Gospel as it's written in the 12th chapter of St. Mark, beginning at the 38th verse. And in his teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the place of honors at feast, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. But when a poor widow came and put in two small, small copper coins, which makes a penny, and he called his disciples to him and said, See, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that having this hope we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that when he comes again with power and great glory, we be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom where he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. 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 The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. <laughs> you got new eyeballs. <laughs> I can see 2020. Can't read. So therefore I got half or smaller ones so that I could look intelligent, smart, <laughs> professor to look down over his glasses. No, never mind. You don't want to. I need help because there's a couple of things happening today and one of them, I need help. So, how about you guys, kids? under 18. Come on up here and help me. Come on up here and help me. <laughs> John's going to make an escape. Oh, a smart kid. Come on, Henry. I got room for you up here. You bet. Now, I have a question for you. Do you know why people serve in the military. You get money. For money? Well, it was a good try, but be hard pressed to prove your point. <laughs> you know. uh, what highway shall the army have? You saw what? Oh, any 
anybody else have an idea? No? You got an idea? To help people? What do you think? She is sitting here all quiet looking at me like, what are you doing calling on me? She's so quiet all the time. Is she quiet like this at home? <laughs> I didn't think so. No, she has opinions? Yes. <laughs> Share your opinion of why we in celebrate or honor those who serve in the military, especially on the 11th of November. Do you have an opinion? John, you got an opinion? <laughs> sure you do, buddy. Now, you want to leave it? You want me to skip it? Okay, we'll skip it. It's terrible when I put somebody on the spot, isn't it, Henry? Yeah. <laughs> what? You got it, but it just won't come out, right? Yeah. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, let me ask you. Did you listen to what was being read today? Yes. No. It, it, no? You know, you may not be the only one. But the psalm, it, I'm going to talk a little bit about the psalm. The psalm talks about love. Now, here's my theory as to why we honor people who, in the military, or have served in the military. They, they call them veterans, not veterinarians, veterans. Although Father Rob is a veteran, he's a veterinarian. So, the, you know, don't worry about him. He's confused. My dad's in the military. Huh? Your dad's in the military. Which one? Army, Air Force, Space Cadets? Air Force. Air Force. All right, way to go. You know what? Why would any man or woman want to be in the military? Because it's you don't get a you don't get big pay, you know, and sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. Basically, they do it because they love you. Well, there's a lot of bad people in the world. I can't help my ballet Right, there's a lot of bad people in the world. And most people who join the military do it for love. So that bad people don't come over here. No bad guys come over here. That's why the Yeah. Sweetheart, you get a gold star today.
tell him what bad guys will do. Yeah. Now, answer me this. Jesus died. Because he loves us. Ah, you guys got the lesson. Thank you for helping me. You can go back now. You've been a tremendous help. You can relax. <laughs> I'm terrible, I know. That's all right. I thought we'd do something a little bit different. Well, not a lot. St I'm still going to talk too much, so uh, we just have to deal with it. I want we'll do kind of a, uh, an expository glance across the scriptures because there's so much here. Uh, the tendency is to fall back into triteness. But I want you to look uh, in 1 Kings 17, 8 to 16. I want you to look at that. Look what's going on. Elijah has come with a message. He is sent to a widow who is preparing to die because they don't have enough food. And Elijah comes in and he says, will you give me something to drink? She does it. Then he asked, will you make me a pat of bread, a little bread cake? Her reply was, I don't have enough for three. I have enough for me and my son, and that's going to be our last meal before we die. And Elijah says, just go do it. And she does. And I find this fascinating. I really shouldn't, but I do. Is that she did exactly what Elijah wanted. And the oil in the oil pot and the flour in the flour pot never ran out. It didn't stop until the day of the rains so that the wheat crop could come back into fullness. And that was the word of God to this widow. But more than that, that is the word of God to the nation through Elijah. Now, as we were talking about that, do you see any symbolism here? Yeah, the first one that jumps out, I only have enough before I die, oil and water, or bread. Two essentials of life. You gotta have oil to mix with the flour, to get bread, which allows you to live. You see that, that, that line? Well that line, you know where that line goes? Right up here. Right up here, we have the wine and we have the bread. And the two together gives life. Now Elijah is saying a lot of things when we look at this. But we, you gotta remember, there's not really a separation between the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
It's one continuous story with intermissions. That's all. And here we are in Kings, and Elijah is setting the table for redemption. So when we look at Elijah and we read this, immediately we jump to the communion table. Where else would you prepare the elements of life to take you to the next stage? Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll look at a little bit of Hebrews. Now here's something interesting about Hebrews. Uh, th this passage is really the good news for all of creation. And I'm going to read it without all of the fillers. So if if Paul had sat down and just did a point-by-point point presentation on his computer, it would have sounded like Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. First bullet point. Next bullet point. He has appeared <coughs> He has appeared once for all at the end of ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Second point. Next point. Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those or redeem those who eagerly are waiting for him. Uh, this statement in Hebrews is very important because there are people, theologians and others out there who will say that Christ died more than one time. He didn't. He died one time. Just one time. And he was raised once. Forever. And when those who come along and say, well, the Christ experience repeats itself. There's always somebody who dies on behalf of the others so that they may have life. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. In that manner, Christ died once for those who are having difficult issues with life. Issues that wind up being death. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, I don't care, whatever it is. Christ came for that so that we can conquer that and await him with joy, with expectation. Now, 
while I'm doing that, I'm going to take a little side trip. I answered this question, Roy, do you remember when we came over here, how long ago it was? Six, seven years ago? Okay. So we came over here, and Rob was my uh, deacon. And one of the things we said that we're not going to do is we're not going to focus on the shortcomings of the church. And goodness knows there's a lot of shortcomings. And if you're married, each of you know the shortcomings. But what about the positive sides? Well, the fact that you're married probably has something to say for the positive sides. We need to be positive about the church. We are the good news in the world. We are the ones who are commissioned to take our light out from under the basket and put it out for others to see so that they might see what God has done and is doing not only with Christ, but in each individual's life. This is a... Folks, let's just share some things. And I'm not doing it to say, okay, look at me. I don't want you looking at me. I want you hearing what God has done. That's all. I just want you to hear what God has done. Many times he will let you go to the end of your rope. Many times. Waiting to see if you will let him take care of the problem. Now, I would go into seminary back in the dinosaurs. Uh, we still had chokes on cars and carburetors and goodness knows uh, no 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 seat belts no headrest if you had a seat belt you were a hot rodder yeah because you needed it yeah um, we were going to seminary and it had been an uphill I don't want to say fight but a struggle lots of tension lots of stress about the second year and I, that's it. We were at our wit's end. We had absolutely zero dollars in the checking account. Well, that's not true. We had $40 in the checking account. And we sat down and we thought, okay, let's go out to dinner and celebrate. Yeah, no more money than that $40. It's an act of trust. Each of us are capable of that act. So it went out, we had a nice dinner, spent all $40, came back, and on the door of our apart apartment is thumbtacked an envelope. It has tire marks across it. It looks like it's been in the winter, which it was. And we pulled it open, and God said, we have $400.
Now, am I saying that God's going to do that when you spend your last penny? No, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying is, let your faith walk you and believe that God will take care of you no matter where you are in that stage. Now, you don't have to be at the end of the rope if you're letting God take care of you. But usually what happens, we're at the end of our rope because we've been doing it. That's the only reason we're at the end of the rope. Instead of letting God direct us. Okay, so I'm on the side. I went down a rabbit hole. But I think instead of moaning and groaning about the church, we need to talk about how fabulous it is. Hurricanes. God bless the Baptists. They can do something that somehow or other nobody else seems able to do. They can load up a trailer full of food in a portable kitchen and volunteers, and they go out and feed them. They don't care who you are. Salvation Army. They bring in truckloads of clothing for the people. Other churches do same or similar things. Mattresses come in by the truckload. They're all new. They're all clean. So that people have something to sleep on. Look at what we do, guys. The media doesn't like us. They don't want us to, to be a good guy. They want us to be a stereotypical, nose-in-the-air scribe. We're not that. Now, that's not to say that there aren't a few in the church that do that, but that's not the issue. You know, we are acting the role that Jesus acted. We are being a shepherd to others. Now, who can be a shepherd? Anybody. Especially you. Now, why would I point you? You know, I, thank you. I didn't even ask your permission if I could pick on you. I just did. Yeah. Can I pick on you? Thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> she said so. It's her fault. <laughs> I want to tell you how somebody your age affected a major, well, how would you say, a very well-known individual who can influence large amounts of public. A little girl, 14 years of age, in the hospital, dying of leukemia. And she knows she's dying. And she knows that she's going to go to heaven. But her family and others would meet at various parties. And one of those people was kind of her hero. His name's John Wayne. John Wayne's at a dinner party in a fancy restaurant. Tucks and everything. And he receives a letter that was delivered directly to him from this little girl. And she goes 
Mr. Wayne, I know I'm dying, but I sure would like to see you in heaven when I'm there. Would you please take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Here's what I'm told. John Wayne read that letter, burst into tears, and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ that night. Who is the evangelist? A 14-year-old. Anybody can be a shepherd to anyone. It's not just because the guy wears a funny dog collar or fancy dress. You know, it's not because of that. You're a shepherd. You believe in Christ. You know what Christ will do. And you're going to run into people who just need encouragement and hope. The widow was filled with hope from the prophet Elijah saying that God's going to provide. And then we read in the, in the uh, Psalms, God will provide. I will sing to the Lord. I will praise him. I will give him the due respect as long as I live. doesn't matter if I live or die. I am going to praise the Lord God. Wow. What a statement. And here we had that little 14-year-old make that statement to John Wayne. Guys, I've seen seven-year-olds turn fathers or uncles into mush because they spoke God's truth at the right moment. And they were shepherding at that moment. So the responsibility to be a good shepherd, all of you. You can't blame me for everything. <laughs> for a lot, maybe, but not everything. <laughs> All right. So let's, now that I'm off that rabbit hole, let's see if we can't get it back into when we're talking about Mark. Now, this is really kind of an unusual passage in many ways because Jesus starts out with, beware. All these others, were the, the, the operative words were, do not fear. But this one says, Jesus said, beware of those who parade around in their righteousness. My words, I'm paraphrasing that. If you're in a place where you see this happening, and all of us know that, it's not your job to get upset. It's not your job to correct them. It's your job to be an example to them. I have gotten in trouble in the past when they were asking, in what position in the church do you occupy? And I said, I'm the flunky. Now, I've had the senior pastor get really angry with me. He says, what do you mean, flunky? I said, I am willing to go and to do. I am willing to serve. I am willing to do what's needed. I don't mind setting the table. I don't mind 
organizing a dinner or helping somebody else organize a, a festival. I said, I'm a flunky, but I'm God's flunky. And I don't mind being a flunky if you understand what it means. Servant. If you're God's servant, you don't care what anybody else thinks. You're going to serve him regardless. Will you be the butt of unjust and wrongful accusations? Yeah. You will be that because it will be perceived as a threat when you serve. But I want to tell you the church serves. We serve in humbleness to our Lord Jesus Christ. He reached out, fed 5,000. Okay, let's put the food trailer together and hook it up. Let's go to where that tornado struck or the hurricane struck. Let's feed these people because there's nothing there for them to buy to feed themselves. You know, Julie was with the uh, catastrophe sites at uh, USAA for a long time. And she would go out when there was nothing left of the area. And they had to take their own water and their own food because there was nothing there. And the church comes in long before the federal organizations can even get their stuff off the ground. We do good things. We do good things to all. We are called to be good. And our hope is found in Jesus Christ so that when we fall short of good, he says, okay, I bought your ticket. Keep working. Yeah? You don't have to worry about missing the train. Christ already bought your ticket. But he says you've got to keep working until it's time for your ticket to be punched. Then you go to meeting. And you'll rejoice even more. Yeah. It's funny. The media won't acknowledge us. But when I was having breakfast over on the other side of town, and walked in, I mean the collar, here comes a Muslim up to me. His comment, he says, you a Christian? I said, yes, sir. He says, keep up the good work. You guys were the only ones that came to us in the middle of the hurricane to feed and clothe us. Is that a witness? Yeah. Be a witness. Even sometimes when you don't want to be. Well, I think I ran through all my notes because I didn't pay attention to a single one of them. There's about 12 or 14. Um, I had a wonderful ending, so I'll still use it because here's what I want. I want you to forgive the triteness of what I'm about to say as how it's used in the media. And hear it in the method and understanding that it's given. 
Let go and let God. Quit trying to do the things yourself without Him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.